So welcome back to the new and improved with fancy podcasting software through Skype, as you can see the watermark in the corner, but the new and improved Buck the World podcast. We've been gone since like late May, pretty sure, taking an extended break after a tough season. Uh, lots of things have happened between now and then, so much that it's going to be weird to revisit them because it's, I feel like we're in, you know, like the slowest basketball time of the year, which is really boring. But that means there's plenty of things to talk about because we haven't talked about them. Yeah. So. Exactly. Do you want to start us off? Do you have anything uh, that you... I think we should start at the beginning, but I just want to say yeah. the end of the season sucked. And uh, hopefully we don't have to go through that again. Hopefully this is our year. Uh, hopefully we at least make the finals and just never blow a 2-0 lead again because that was particularly painful. And just bringing it up is kind of painful. And to me, it's kind of like the 2014 NFC Championship game where people say that you should be over it, but we're never actually over it. Uh, and that's where I wanted to start this podcast. Um, we're back. We're better than ever. Uh, we are here to claim our title as Bucks podcasters. Um, it's not a particularly ambitious title, but it's one that we believe we can hold better than somebody else who might hold it. Um, so take that. Yeah, take um, that other like twenty-five other Bucks podcasts. Just kidding. We're all friends. Yeah. We're a community, but we are aiming for number two, not number one. So even though, <laughs> but number two. <laughs> So even though we've produced zero podcasts since May, we've each produced a few thousand tweets. Myself, probably significantly more than you. Yes, that's but correct. I've I've been less active. I'm busy at work. I've I've been taking I've been taking August mainly off. Like I haven't tweeted much since the Bucks signed before the Bucks signed Bender. But let's start at the oh, very God. beginning of Dragon. I forgot about like I so, literally forgot for a second about Dragon Bender. All right. Let's start from the beginning. Whew. Whoa. Uh wow. The Bucks had a draft pick. Yes. And and we had a a like a broken ass draft podcast that never really happened. So like that was karma. Oh yeah, we Was that our last one? Was that the last thing we almost yeah, did? Yeah, that was the last thing we almost did and it totally fell through and it would have been really interesting. I think we still did it. I, I can't remember. God, it's been so long. This is why we need to be more consistent, but we are gonna be more consistent. But Let's just start from with the off season, right? Because it was an exciting off season, and I overall liked it. But we'll talk about that at the end. Number one, so thirtieth first move of the off. what? First move of the off season. Uh, was it trading the pick? Was that the first move? Yeah, it was trading. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just about to say. No, that. no, it was trading the pick for uh, Tony Snell. Uh, straight up, right? No. To, to get off of and Tony John. Snow. Yes. And then, yeah. That was, so we traded the first-round pick and Tony Snell for what again? John Luer. John Luer. Yeah, that guy. That ex-Badger. Hey, look at this hat. <laughs> um, and he stayed on the roster for almost three weeks. I think. I don't know. Um, he stayed on the roster for a while. They eventually waved and stretched him. The dead money doesn't really matter because it's only for two more years after this year. And I mean, I'm always a, I'm always pretty much – I'm always against stretching. I think there are instances where it's useful, and I do think that 
if I was in the situation that the Bucks were in with Lure, I probably would have stretched him if you couldn't find a way to move him with like a second. And he's John Lure, like no offense to him, but that's like versus say if you want to look back at a different move, like the Spencer Hawes wave and, uh, wave and stretch, I thought was kind of dumb at the time and still do, but yeah. Yeah, that was different. They ended you know, up that was sort of avoid the tax and it didn't really add any additional value. And they ended up being not close to the tax after they traded Greg Monroe. Yeah. But who was going to predict that Eric Bledsoe was going to go to a hair salon and request a trade? <laughs> what, are you t- uh, what are you talking about? He was, he just didn't want to be at the hair salon. I don't, I don't know what you're... Exactly. <laughs> so, dead money for a little bit, uh, but that stretch enabled them to sign George Hill with cap space, which they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Seems important. Seems um, important. Yeah. George Hill's going to be the probably the sixth man. Yes. I don't know who else is the sixth man. Um, uh, uh, insert joke name here. Dragon Bender. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to the big uh, July. Is it July first? Free agency starts. Yeah, that's uh, it starts at noon, uh, right? First on the thirtieth. On uh, no, on the first at like noon, right? No, I think it's the thirtieth. Okay, well, I know at, it's not in the morning because they got rid of the stupid twelve a.m. thing. Like, because I remember yeah. watching it at Frank's house. We had like a viewing party. Okay. Yeah. So moving on, uh-huh. uh, let's talk about the most important one first. Chris Middleton's back. Um, w- let's just let's just grade everything from this point on. A to F. Uh, this move, A minus. Uh, to resign Chris. Yeah. I mean, yeah, A minus. I I think, I mean, I I think that the the move. Yeah, the back end. Maybe it's not going to be so great, but like, I don't know. I think there's way too much. I think if you do like, what is the easiest way to evaluate something? Pros cons list pros heavily outweigh the cons with Chris Middleton. And I think he'll be even better this year. And he might even be better in certain ways as he ages at specific things. He doesn't have a really athletic game. Uh, I I like the move. I, I really, I really do. I don't have any problem with it. I, I just, I don't. Uh, a minus the argument, you, so. the argument that somebody made against Chris Middleton to me on Twitter, I think it was two days ago, was that if Giannis misses a game, Chris is not good enough in those games. And uh, to me, that's uh, silly because if you're building your roster around Giannis missing games, you're probably not going to win a title. If like, so what are we talking about here? Is it the game that he misses in Orlando in January? They lose that game. Who cares about that game? If Giannis is missing games in the playoffs, the team's already lost. So what are we doing? And like the arguments against Chris, they seem so easy to blow up. Like you can usually walk the person into ruining their own argument every time. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just sort of silly to me. If they had let him walk, they would have paid. Uh, so Chris got like it's built on glass. Yeah. That argument is. I think built it started on glass. thirty million a year. It's built on a glass uh, house. Like that's what that argument is. Built on glass house. Yeah. So let's say you let Chris go, you sign Boyan Bogdanovich, eighteen million a year. Um, no. That twelve that twelve million doesn't really go anywhere. You've gotten markedly worse. So congrats. You suck. No, well to some people, uh, Boyan is uh for eighteen is um equally as good as Chris Middleton. So 
Yeah, but you don't actually gain any of that space. So it doesn't really matter if it's a better value. The goal isn't to have the best trade assets, looking at you, Danny Ainge. Uh, the goal is to produce the best team on the court. And that's where I think that people don't understand the Chris Middleton signing. Chris Middleton was the best player they could have gotten in free agency. They got it's him. It's the way it's it's the for the most for most people when you walk them into that corner, they typically w- w- the issue is that they have a hard time looking at the way this uh, hard capped market f- functions. It's not a free market, so Chris is going to be paid a max deal that is attached to a specific value that other players also have who may either be worse or better than him. And it's hard for people to wrap their heads around that because typically people are used to a free market system where values are attached uh, as they should be. And that isn't the case with the NBA because it's hard capped. Um, Yeah. And it's as simple as that. So, yeah. I, I, and then you have people who say, well, Chris shouldn't make more than Giannis. And it's like, well, he won't in two years when Giannis is up for an extension. Yeah, it's it's context. Christian made thirteen million a year for the last five years, Massive so discount. It's three, four. Uh, it doesn't matter. So, moving on, the next move I think that was announced, and I think what we would agree is the second most important move, is the Bucks brought back Brook Lopez, uh, four years, fifty-two million. Um, I would give this move. I would give this move just a straight A. I actually mm. think they got him below what I think the market value is. The only thing I'm sort of hesitant on is that fourth year. But for what they got the other three years at, it's not really the end of the world. Uh, I I'm I, I'm in a bit of disagreement. I uh with that. I am probably I'm definitely in the minority with saying that I think he's a touch overvalued right now. I think he's overpaid. He's so if he, if you took bit. his salary next year, so his thirteen million next uh-huh. year, and you stacked it up with the other thirty starting centers, you would feel that his place on that list is overpaid. So I'll frame it this way: I would have rather done the cap gymnastics that I did with my cap sheet that I made to get Hal Al Horford on a max deal as the starting five on the team rather than your thing didn't have Al Horford on a max deal. It had him on like okay. a 25 million. You, you're right. His max is 38. Million. You're right. You're, you're right. It, it was, you're correct. It's like, I, I believe, I believe the most they could have paid him under the cap gymnastics that I did, which I thought were doable. Uh, was like a 27 million or something, but I thought that that was possible to bring him in. What is he getting paid now with Philly? I don't remember. I think it was a four-year, $112 million deal, maybe 110 I think that was like a touch higher than what I thought. I think I think I just had straight like Giannis's deal, maybe up to like 110 So he, I don't know. That's kind of the way I look at it. I think Brooke is a little overvalued. Uh, I think he's overrated a little bit defensively. Um, and this is – and I'm prefacing it with my – with me not valuing it quite as much as you, but – please be aware that I love Brooke Lopez. I think he's fantastic. I'm glad to have him back. Not at four years. Um, I just, I worry. But you would have, you would have gladly had Al Horford. Who's like five years older than Brooke. Yeah. At four years. Uh-huh. Despite the fact that Al Horford has missed more games due to injury. 
more recently, he's missed an entire season. Yep. Okay. Just so you know how silly that sounds to me. Uh, that's that's fine. I just think Al Horford is incredibly good and was incredibly good last year. And He's a worse shooter and a worse rim protector. I think he brings value uh, on offense and defense that Brooke doesn't do uh, with his team defense and his heady play. And I also think he's got playmaker. Great. What? I, I, I think that Horford's a better switch defender, but are the Bucks going to start switching? That's fair. Um, he's a better fit for a system they don't run. So if you're suggesting that the Bucks overhaul their system because they signed out Horford, they could do that. Yeah, I just I, I think Al Horford's better at switch defending than Brooke is at his that defense because I think there's more upside to having an Al Horford anchored defense than a Brooke Lopez anchored defense because you have Giannis as well. So. Yeah, I would rather have two rim protectors than one rim protector. That's, that's um, it, it's tough to say. It's tough to say because the Bucks would have to entirely switch the way they run their defense, to emphasize switching, yeah. uh, which really devalues Eric Bledsoe, who they'd already signed to an extension. That's, that's that's the problem. And when I was doing my Al Horford, because I love him to death, when I was trying to fit him on the team, I was like, man you're going to have to make Al Horford shoot a lot more than he normally does. And in by that, and in that way, actually sort of not take advantage of some of the other playmaking chops that he has uh, as a big man. And as he's getting older, I don't know how much he can continue to take a beating at the five. And I know one of the reasons he was excited to sign with Philly is he's not playing as much five because he's going to be, they're going to be alternating him and Embiid. So he's going to be mainly playing four. So, I mean, there's a ton of factors that go against my argument. I just love Al Horford and like, I'm not, but having Brooke back, like I'm not, I'm not like mad that we lost Al Horford. I just, Brooke's great, but let's. So what's your grade for the Brooke signing? I mean, it's a, it's like a, it's like a B. It's a B. It's a B. It's too long. I didn't want to. I didn't want to sign him for four years. I just don't. I. I also worry about his ability to shoot. I think one of my biggest worries going into the season is his ability to shoot at the same percentage at the volume he was shooting at the shot difficulty he was shooting this year. Like I just, it was what he did this year was absolutely incredible. He's the best shooter over seven foot, right, in NBA history now, essentially. Yeah. Like wow, uh, you know. You know what attempts? What's the number for attempts? Is the three point percentage starts to normalize that? Uh, what is it like? You know what? I don't remember. Just tell me. I'm not gonna bullshit. So it's about seven hundred. I think that's what you were gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say seven fifty. So yeah, seven hundred, seven fifty. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of disagreeal there. So basically, what that number means is after somebody hits that many attempts, their three point percentage basically is what it is. Yeah. Uh, last year, Brooke Lopez in attempts, I believe he was near about 580. Uh-huh. 36%, year, right? Something like so, that. Uh, pre- he fell down a little bit at the end of the year. Previous to that, what, 33? Previous to last season? No, the year before, he was actually higher. Than 36? I thought so. Basketball reference. Yeah, so I'll talk for a little bit while you fact check my memory, which could easily be wrong. Yeah, he shot thirty four percent the year before, thirty five, thirty four point nine. So oh, 
that's interesting. Either way, point, uh, I'm sorry, 34.5. So 34, 35%. I mean, that's a pretty, it's a 2% or it's a 20%. I'm sorry. It's a 2% drop. That's pretty significant on less attempts. So, and the previous year with Brooklyn, he was at 5.6 attempt, or I'm sorry, he was at 5.2 attempts versus 6.3 last year. He shot 34.6%. So what he did last year was insane. I am extremely skeptical that just based on how amazing and surprised I was consistently by it, I'm very skeptical of it, of him being able to repeat it that well and i think the bucks even if he falls off two percent that's not that's really not that big it's not uh playoffs uh they struggle to make shots so much that it's were i that's all the only thing i'm they shot 31 percent in the playoffs yeah. if they shot 34 percent, they probably make it yeah like i yeah. i mean i mean what did my number one thing like let's talk about like but before we move on uh, with Brooke with just this because this relates to Brooke and some of the other moves they made my number one thing was shooting because I think like number one thing this offseason if you had to like reduce the argument down it would be shooting and bringing back Brooke is a plus for shooting um, and which which also relates back to Horford because then you have less shooting and then also ultimately brings you back to the fact that you extended Bledsoe, uh, who can't shoot. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Then again, if Bledsoe's shooting normalizes, he could be a lot more effective next year. Uh, anyways, I don't want to get too far off track. I'd give it a B. Uh, it's, it's a, I was hoping for a two plus one. I was hoping two years plus a team option because of his age and, his kind of small sample size of being this amazing. He's 30. He's a big man. They age quicker. He's got, he still has that injury history. I know it was a while ago, but he's still a big man. He's still massive. I, I'm just, I don't, I don't want to F with big men when they get that old. I just don't. Who was that big man? Everybody wanted from Atlanta that signed with Sacramento. Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. He got three years, 40 million. Mm -hmm. That's, a, that's uh, an overpay, right? Would you say? I mean, he tested free agency, and that's what the Kings came up with. Yeah. Three years, $40 million. I guess that's not bad. Yeah, and Brooke got 452, but Brooks started every game last yeah, year except one. Brooks considerably better than Deadman, um, obviously. How old is Deadman? 27? 28? Something like that. Yeah. I, let's if you if you look at it uh, with his competition, as you were going to talk about before, like other other centers, there's no question that it looks great. Uh, this it's just it's just a little me thing. That's what it is. I, I just okay. worry about it. Let's move uh -huh. on because this is annoying. <laughs> Why um, is it annoying? <laughs> the Bucks brought back George Hill. I believe this happened fractionally before the Brogdon move. Maybe I'm wrong. The Bucks brought back George Hill. Uh, I believe it's three years, twenty-seven million. Last year, small guarantee. What do you think for a grade? Uh, George Hill is so entirely necessary. 
that I don't know. Uh, I guess I'd also give that like a a B plus B. So it seems fair based on how good he was down the stretch for us. We need his depth. We need his playmaking. Uh, the injury and age concerns with him. I know he's going to, you have to almost account for his, him getting injured. Um, but also there's upside. There's no way he's going to be that bad of a shooter next year. <laughs> In the regular season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the word. I mean, that's gotta be one of his worst seasons as a shooter. So like, I mean, I, I have no, again, like, I, I'm really happy they made that move. I, you know, he, I think he's so necessary for the Bucks. I think it's a, I think it's a high B. I think that a lot of people were hoping they could sign him cheaper. I was hoping they could sign him not cheaper. In and then not on this point guard. Once I, once I started going through the point guards on the market, I was like, no way. So 26 teams need a point guard, and there's 13 point guards that I'd want on my then, team. So you, this isn't gonna work. yeah. And then with the market, you had Collison retiring, uh, and yeah, Collison retiring was a big and then hit. There was another hit. Like what? What? what ha- another point guard got left off the market too, right? Wasn't there another one who something? Well, we knew that Kemba was signing with Boston right away, and Kyrie was gonna likely going to be a net and. I'm trying to think if there was something else that happened. Well, a lot of point guards did pretty well, except for Jeremy Lin. <laughs> Poor Jeremy Lin. Yeah, turns out being on the bench when your team needs you in the finals isn't a great look long term. Yeah. Um, like uh, the thing, some people thought that Hill got overpaid, and really, I would just point them to the deal that Rubio got to be a son, and it's like, how can he be overpaid if Rubio got that much? Like. Is Ricky Rubio a better player than George Hill? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think you think so. I okay. think he is. yeah, I think he's more capable of running an offense, and I I think he's a little bit more consistent. Um, he's a worse shooter. He's a pretty good defender. Um, I would say they're about even as defenders I'd, at this point in their I'd career. I actually say Rubio is better, but that's fine. Okay, yeah. yeah. So. I, I do, and Rubio is a few years younger, so I think that plays in his favor a lot. The question is: Is he eight million dollars a year no. better? And you have to say no, no, no. no. Uh, it's a huge no. I, I think that does that, that's a terrible contract for Rubio. Yeah, but it's, it's the Phoenix, Suns, so it's, it's what it's the Suns, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> so the Bucks solidify their bench. They get one. They they spend basically all of their extra cap space on a bench player. Um, In theory, they leave a hole at the two guard uh, with the tr- trade of Malcolm Brogdon that we're about to get to. Um, I'm not sure there's a two guard there that they really could have signed for that money. I'm sure somebody would tell me on Twitter that they could have used that money to sign somebody that I don't think is that good anyway. If so Joe Harris congrats. was a free agent, then Joe Harris, and that's it. Like, But Joe Harris would have gotten more money if he was a free you agent. You think so? Like, I... I yeah, why wouldn't somebody give him a lever? I guess you're right. He was ridiculous as a shooter. I just his I didn't think his reputation was quite there yet, but I thought he was just a, a nerd, a nerd basketball Twitter guy still. But I could be wrong. I don't even know how much people like him. We know he can shoot. I mean, he won the three point contest, and he was a great shooter all of last year. I believe he shot forty five percent from three. On a super value deal right now. Yeah, and I think it's six million a year for the next two years. Mm-hmm. It would have been great if 
they actually needed to clear cap space and they had traded him, but they didn't. Um, so let's move on to the Malcolm Brogdon thing. This was probably the most divisive move of the offseason. Um, this is the juicy one. I think the where that where I came down on it surprised myself. Um, but I guess where'd you fall if we're giving it a um letter grade. Okay, so I remember I you know, I remember time and place where I was because I was so surprised by this trade. Like, um I was sure when I heard that they were just bringing back draft picks, I was sure that they were getting like a holiday or something too, like some uh piece. But uh just man, str- straight up letter grade. This is such a tough it's still tough for me to value this. Um because but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, let's. I mean, let's go with like a B. I, again, I think I gotta give it a B because if they knew, uh, yeah. if they knew they were gonna move on from Malcolm Brogdon, you got three draft picks out of it, and you avoided paying him eighty four million, right, for four years. Over four years. Yeah. That's insane. As well, we as many people have talked about, that's an insane number for Malcolm Brogdon. So they they got out of a crappy thing, like unlike say different context, but the Jabari Parker thing where he ended up getting twenty million for a year, uh, they got out of him traded. They didn't. They were not able to trade him to Chicago, even though the Chicago really wanted him. Um, and now we know that this trade to Indiana was uh, necessitated by. Uh, one of the owners, not really John Horst, which was weird uh, to read about, but um, it was either, I don't know if it was Eden's or Lazary, but one of them just took over uh, ownership duties, um, which is a very notable thing um, that we can talk about later. But uh, yeah, uh, a B. I, I think they did a pretty decent job uh, getting out from under him and getting value. But uh, the reason, man, sometimes I, I, I almost think I got to rate it a C because they didn't do the job necessary to keep that exception, even though I'm not sure how how valuable keeping that trade exception would have been. It still would have been wiser to allow yourself to be able to keep something like that, I think, just the flexibility and the asset management. I'm going to go B. Um, I think that some people could call us a homer for generous grading. Those people should listen to the rest of the podcast because it's going to go downhill pretty quick. Um, well, there's one. There's one valley in this pretty good offseason. I mean, the Bucks went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and they were able to sign a lot of really good players this offseason. So let's get there. Um, but I'm going to go with a B. Obviously, it's incomplete. We don't know who they're going to take with the draft picks. But in terms of Malcolm Brogdon, I did not like watching him play basketball. And you can say, well, that's your stylistic opinion. But my stylistic opinions are based on facts and how I feel he fits. Um, His slow release, um, his sort of attitude about himself being a point guard, this sort of writing that was on the wall that people don't want to hear, that he didn't want to be in Milwaukee, um, the way he was willing to attack his press conference, in Indiana, don't miss the guy. Like, you can say that this is hindsight, and if I was reacting in the moment, I would have been a little bit angrier. You'd be wrong. You can check my Twitter feed. I wasn't that angry. No, you weren't. Um, it, it's just 
to me, we're talking about a guy with a super slow release who's overrated as a defender and has a degenerative foot that might not be there in three years. And by might not be there, I mean his foot might not be there. Literally. Okay, I didn't know but about that. Could you elaborate for me and my and the listeners here? I didn't know it was that degenerative. Okay. Well, I that was over exaggeration. Okay. It's not okay. gonna be gone. Okay. But <laughs> Okay. You said literally. <laughs> my point is he was red flagged for a problem with his foot. Know about He's that. had three injuries in three consecutive seasons to his foot. I think at some point you have to say this foot might not be that good. It keeps getting injured. Um, in theory, tearing the plantar fasciitis and being able to like fix it is better than having just like a swollen that's continually occurring that you consistently have to sit games for. Um, I just think it's a red flag in general how many problems he's had with his foot. Um, but it probably will still be there in a few years. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not as, uh, I'm not quite as upset about some of those other off the court things as you, I, I think, I personally think Brogdon isn't really, I think he's kind of above the city thing. I don't really, I think he's a little too intelligent to, or, and I don't think he's into the NBA lifestyle. I, I spoke with uh, a few people close to the team who told me, you know, he's not, he, the NBA lifestyle is not for him. So I don't think the city matters uh, to him that much either. I as for the point guard versus uh, shooting guard thing, I, I do appreciate that even though he thought he should be a point guard, he didn't really talk about it while he was in Milwaukee. I think that's. I mean, I think well, you didn't hear about. He didn't talk about it publicly. Yeah, but but still, like he's a he was a professional about it, and I appreciate that. Like these guys have egos, and if he believes himself to be able to do that, which of course I don't think so, and I think most smart basketball fans don't think he has any business being a point guard. Um, that's fine. I think he handled himself well. The press conference, I. I don't know. I just I don't have a problem with the guy. I think he's uh I think he's I have a lot of problems with the guy. If I see him in Whole Foods, I'm gonna slap him up. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I think he's a professional. I, I I I think that uh after this contract I don't after this this Pacers contract, I don't even think he'll be in I wouldn't be surprised if he's not an NBA player anymore, uh based on uh things i've heard from people close to the team uh to be clear here bill is implying that he will not be in the league not that his quality will have dipped so far yes uh i just you know what whatever uh good luck to the guy Uh, it's just a personal choice that he might retire early rumors are he might be more of the darren collison type yeah minus the 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 being uh a horrible criminal uh Right? Isn't Taryn Collison retiring for religious reasons? No, that, that he's retiring for religious reasons. But I'm didn't. Isn't there? Yeah, he, no. He, I believe. Yeah, I don't want to talk too. out of my ass because it's not fair to Darren Collison. I, you're right. you're but I'm pretty sure he was. I don't know if he was found guilty, uh, but I'm gonna not talk out of my ass. So you should fill up some time real quick so I can. I'm that out. fairly certain that you're right, unless it was a driving accident. I don't think it was though. Uh, he pled guilty. Um, he he pled guilty to domestic battery uh, yeah, so. to his uh, wife. So yeah. that's it. This is a basketball podcast. I'll leave it there. 
that's a bad thing. We're, we're going to move on. Darren Collison isn't a buck, and he, it doesn't look like he ever will be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not because of this, but because of him retiring. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but back to Malcolm Brogdon. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I, I think we're done with Malcolm Brogdon. Well, how do you feel about the, uh, like, yeah, how do you feel about the trade exception fiasco? Because that's the big fiasco for the basketball nerds uh, out there. So. What I took away from Eric Name's piece on The Athletic when his interview with John Horst, they didn't want to renegotiate. I don't know if they knew exactly how much they were going to missify. You can say that they should know that stuff in advance, and that's fair. Um, I think trade exceptions get incredibly overvalued amongst NBA fans because they're fun in the trade machine. The reality is it's a trade exception that would have lasted a year. It would have pushed them into the luxury tax, which we don't think they want to go into the they repeater tax place. They definitely so, don't want to mess with the luxury tax this year. So that's yeah. obvious. So to me, does it really matter? And to me, that answer would be no. And that's the que- that's the question. Like the basketball nerd in me goes, oh, they need to do that because flexibility and cap maneuvering and woo, good job, John Horace. You're awesome. But does it so, actually matter? So the like, it's just not that useful. It, it, because of all the requirements it would take to combine it into a trade. The like if you're trying to acquire a bigger player, it doesn't quite work for that. No. It when if you were looking at a player smaller than that ten point five million exception, or maybe it was ten million exception even, uh like the best player 10. I could find was like Etwan Moore. Yeah. That would be reasonably available. Okay. So then you would have Etwan Moore, what'd you have to give up for him? Because he hasn't been traded yet. Yeah. Like it would have been cool if they could use it right away and absorb him, but other people have $10 million trade exceptions that could use Etwan more, and he hasn't gotten traded. Yeah. So are we going to give up assets to pay the luxury tax for Etwan more? No. Um, and, you know, how much better is Etwan more than Sterling Brown, than Pat Connaughton? I think Etwan more would actually like. provide some value for the team. What about Augustin? That was kind of the guy I kind of circled. I know I, 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 I know he's a he's at seven, right? Or did he re-sign? It... it, it it, the salary isn't what I'm questioning. I don't think he's available. Oh. Like, I don't in theory, you could throw the Indiana first for him, but Orlando would rather make the playoffs than have another first-round pick oh, to draft the No, block. no, no. Th- this would be a thing to get him, assuming Orlando doesn't want him anymore. That's all I'm assuming. I would not want but to trade anything They don't more. have another point guard. That's the issue. Oh, yeah, they don't, do they? <laughs> Like if you want, yeah. if you want DJ Augustine, like you would have to probably include Eric Bledsoe or George Hill. In which case, the trade exception isn't that valuable, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so, something we could talk about is the value of like an Eric Bledsoe, George Hill for Evan Fournier and DJ Augustine type trade. Wow. I didn't even ponder but something that like one that. Be the exception. Yeah. So, I I, I think it's interesting because I think the Magic are in an incredibly different direction, and I think those guys are old enough where they don't reasonably fit their core. Of course, the two guys we're sending back don't fit either, which is tough. We're going to have to see how the playoff picture falls and who's really bad in the NBA to know who's truly available because so many people have been signing extensions on bad teams. Yeah. But let's move on. Yeah. Uh, we're still on July 1st, I believe. The Bucks would use their room exception. This actually might have been the next day. Mm-hmm. On Robin Lopez. This was the first move that I genuinely did not like. Uh-huh. Um, Same. I sort of struggled with it because I didn't. I, I wanted them to use 
the room exception on somebody who could shoot, somebody who could play shooting guard, somebody who could fill the Malcolm Brogdon hole, somebody who could back up Chris. And uh, and there were some players that scooted on around six million. Uh, that's what he's making per right. Is it six or is it four point seven? Four and then four point nine. Four point seven. Okay. There there were a couple of guys that kind of scooted in uh, that could have been you know wing shooters or guard shooters um, around that price because a lot of people yeah. uh, you know when I was because I was mad I got I'm not gonna lie I was coming on I I was I'm always so ready for free agency. I love it. It's like a drug to me. So when they use their room exception to acquire... To be clear, he says this as a Bucks fan. <laughs> this isn't LA. This isn't New York. This isn't even Brooklyn. This isn't Dallas. This isn't Houston. Um, free agency as a Bucks fan shouldn't be that exciting. But here we are. Indeed. Excited for it. Indeed. Um, <laughs> anyways, I was really pissed uh i was pissed in numerous group chats in which uh somebody was like bill you gotta calm down it's not that big a deal and then i was like yeah you're probably right so my letter grade for this two years fully guaranteed um uh deal that's that's where i have a big issue with it um uh it's i don't know a, a, a c minus yeah uh, see, I'm going to go straight C. Okay. Um, when I sort of went through all the contracts signed by centers this offseason, uh, like Frank horrible. Kaminsky signed the exact same deal. Yeah, and Frank Kaminsky is uh, a bad NBA player. Yeah, and I think Robin Lopez could start for some of the like yes the bottom eight teams in the league. Yeah, he's a he's he's look yeah like George Hill. He's a George Hill so, except a center. So. I actually think he's probably better at his position than George Hill is at his position. Wow. Okay. So for, take that for what oh, it's yeah. worth. So for me, the Bucks added a top, I said a top 200 player. I think he's one of the 50 best non-starters. Sure. Take that for what it's worth. So here we are. The Bucks signed him for the room exception. It solidifies their backup center position. There's no doubt about that. They didn't really have one last year. It was a combination of DJ and Ursan, who are a bit undersized for centers, especially the way Bud likes to play, and it denies them that traditional rim protector. So, l l yeah, l and let's talk about that, because when I was mad, and I was confused as to why most people were not mad, there's also that section of NBA Twitter, all mainly populated by old dudes and dudes who love old school basketball who are like, we need a bruiser to be able to like bang with the big men when Brooks not on the floor. That was the counter argument that I always heard. Like, Oh, we signed him for the Sixers because they have Horford and Embiid. And I was like, okay, I think it's silly to play the Sixers game. We should just try to get better overall in, in a vacuum, which is, which is bringing in shooters, not uh, countering the Sixers, who I think were uh, I think we were a much better team, well, much better, but we were a better team than last year. Um, and I think it's kind of silly to do that. But I thought about it. I was like, okay, in the playoffs, there could be some value here with Robin. But is this value worth? two years fully guaranteed room exception when we are operating 
this is the this was the last cap space year. We are operating on margins that are so tight when players when you need to look at these role players and just make incredibly difficult wise decisions on them because they're going to end up matter and like Pat Connaughton did when you got him on a really good deal last off season. And will Robin be able to, I mean, I guess a lot of people were saying, well, he's going to be like John Henson early last year, except better because he'll shoot now. And I, I don't know, maybe I am being a little too harsh. I'm going to stick with C minus until I'm proven wrong. But I mean, it's a, it's a big man. The position is, is devalued. And I also have other people saying big men are about to make a comeback because the warriors are broken up now. I, I disagree. I, I think that finesse. I think people are really dumb, but uh, I, in that case, I don't even think that people is just like the people that follow us on Twitter, the people that we follow on Twitter who say these silly things. I think people includes NBA GMs, like people who are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to make these decisions. Yeah. Not even the head guys, yeah. like all of the guys. Hey, shout out to I, Seth Partnow because he's not one of those guys. Just want to say good luck in your new endeavors. I know you're not listening to this, but I appreciate you. <laughs> he follows me on Twitter. All right, so there you go. We love you, Seth. You. If I t- your shout out is at the forty-five minute mark. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get there, it's easy listening. <laughs> it's all right. We're tr- we're chopping off all that test stuff in the beginning, so we're good. <laughs> okay so next move comes down and people are already comparing it to the uh we signed brooke lopez for the biannual and ursan for the mid-level if you flip those contracts it was a great off season so because we got a steal it's okay to overpay another guy to the robin lopez we have the cheap two years at the veteran minimum second year player option for west matthews um Everybody told me when I was excited about this that Wes Matthews isn't the player he used to be. I think these people assume that I watch less basketball than them, which, like, okay, bet, because you're wrong. Uh, I saw Wes Matthews play last year. I know that he's not, like, the guy in Portland that was a top 50 player. The guy that in Indy was pretty rough. It was, it was rough. That's pretty rough. I don't even think it was that rough. I, okay. Here's the thing. That Indiana team had their best creator was Bojan Bogdanovic. Yeah, after. Despite what some of you might think, that's not good. No. <laughs> even though he did have a. He actually had a better than I thought season because I was always not a huge. I was also like a Bojan hater because I thought he oh, was. Boyan, a, I thought he was. It's an not empty that we player. don't like Bojan. Yeah. It's that we don't like him as the second best player on a title contender. Correct. Like, I don't even like. I like Chris in that role because of how versatile he is. But like, if you're telling me I could trade Chris for Bradley Beal, who's got two and a half years of control, like I would be pretty interested in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> sue me. Like, I like, I like Bradley more and more, but let's not get off track. Anyways. Uh, yeah. yeah. We all love Bradley Beal. Yeah. Is it reasonable to acquire him for what the Bucks have? No, no. Turns out they shouldn't have drafted Thon maker. Who could have ever seen this coming? Turns out I was, I was, shouldn't have done many things like signing Urson to his deal last year, but eh. yeah, but that's not what stopped them from trading for Bradley Beal. Yeah, and like the Wizards don't want to trade Bradley Beal, and it does. It, Bradley Beal might even sign an extension there. So the NBA is dumb, and try and understand how it's dumb, but also how it's the best sport in the world, and then you'll be right here with it's a us. Blast. Um, 
so they got Wes Matthews. Um, Wes Matthews shooting numbers look really good still. Like he shot 45% on wide open threes. Um, some might say he's too aggressive with the ball. Uh, we might have flashbacks to Nikola Miritich, but unlike Miritich's shooting numbers, Wet Matthews have been consistently good. Like Miritich has this thing where he sort of goes up and down. He's and so he's streaky. Much it's, he's wildly streaky. And you could say that every shooter's streaky because what streaky means might not mean the same thing, but the bottom line is the Bucks signed a guy. I believe he's currently 21st in league history and made threes. He's wow, somewhere in that 20 that. to 25 range. That's a, he's that's been a one of the statistic. most prolific three-point shooters in NBA history. The Bucks signed him. That's, that's neater. That's pretty neat. I'm not going to lie. I, I honestly just thought he was kind of a guy who shot volume at a high volume. So, And you can, you can say the shooting guard position would look even better if they had brought back Malcolm Brogdon. But I'm going to tell you this. There's no way Wesley Matthews would have signed here if they brought back Malcolm Brogdon. No. The reason they were able to get Wesley on this deal is because they basically all but told him. I mean, they may have actually told him, but you have a, a extremely significant shot at starting, and it looks like it's, he's going to start. <laughs> I want to make this clear as, like, the uh, one thing I think people should listen to every summer is the NBA mock off season done by Danny LaRue, uh, Nate Duncan, so fun. Kevin Felton, and uh, Dan Feldman. Yes. It's, it, you get to see sort of some insight into what people value as players, as teams, and you sort of hear them say, well, even if I make $2 million less here, I have an opportunity to showcase my talents. People forget about stuff. I, they, people forget about the individual. These are humans. Like They have motivations beyond just and money. I, I genuinely think that Nate Duncan does a great job as the player agent representing that. You know, we see him as he's sort of going through this, say, well, if I sign in Milwaukee, I know I'm going to play for a good team. I know I'm going to get a lot of minutes. And Wes Matthews, literally, when he hit the buyout market last year, he signed with the Pacers after the Oladipo injury because he knew he was going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah, it's pretty clear he's a competitor. That's what he's interested That's in doing. That's He didn't want to... I don't know if there's a better team he could have signed with. Maybe the Clippers or the Lakers would have signed him. They wouldn't have signed him that early. No. They would have made him wait because if they signed him that early, then they're not using the veterans minimum exception. They're using the cap space because you can't use the minimum exception until you've used all your cap space. Yep. Um, that This is just stupid minutia, and here we no, are. Nope, nope. We, we, we're here for it. We like it. We love it. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How about the Wesley? How about the Wesley Matthews signing? For me, that's a it's an A. I you're not going to find a guy in the veterans minimum better than Wesley it's, Matthews, right? It, I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm I, I know you're a little higher on him than like I am. I'm I'm, and it's less to do with Wes and more to do with the team's re- reliance on Wes. But it's an A. Oh, yeah. But it's but it's an A. Uh, it's an A because <laughs> because of the things he can bring as a shooter that the Bucks. Uh, it's it's reared its ugly head in the playoffs. Like they need a knockdown shooter. Wes is immensely concerning with his injury history and his age and his ability to do things. To me, when when we talk about the playoffs, though, that sample size is too small for me it, to draw any meaning. But it's always going to be meaningfully small. It's always it it always is. Yeah. So you always ha- you have to think about it in a different. People frame. said the Raptors would never win in the playoffs, and then this year they did because all of a sudden we, their guys who were career bad in the playoffs got a lot better. And you and I thought that way. Like we were so confident in our preview pod, so in the Bucks winning. So I would 
Al, I was go back confident. and listen to it. Oh, I, yeah, I, I know. I know exactly how confident I was. I did not you expect the Raptors to take Marcus a second Hull. game. I remember that. Marcus Hall sucks, and <laughs> I refuse to renege on that. <laughs> I still hold him. Uh, the only player... <laughs> I hate Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is so secretly good, and his numbers don't show you how good remember he is. How we talked about, watch. Do, remember how we talked about, oh, we don't have to worry about him as an assist player or a playmaker? Boy, did we get no sexual innuendo here. Like, wow. He succeeds I, in spite of it, and I hate him for it. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Uh, so, if Kawhi Leonard, if you're listening to this, fuck off. <laughs> I, we, we love you and respect you, but also fuck off. Like, I, I do. I do. Uh, you're too good at the game of basketball and you're like a robot. And I like that. I like you robot, man. <laughs> so Wesley Matthews, great move. It, 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 the only way it's not is their sort of reliance on him and what his role might be. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they are, they do have a gaping asshole at the two guard. Stuff like that. So. And, He's still a post-Achilles tear guy. I'd say he's a solid team defender. He's going to struggle a little bit one-on-one. I don't really see that as much different than Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, um, Brogdon was a better athlete at this state of his career, yeah. but I think Matthews might be a little bit smarter. Um, it is what it is. Matthews, obviously, in replacing like Brogdon, he can't drive. And if the post-ups are his idea, and that's why they were being run in Indy, that's horrible. Uh, if they're Nate McMillan's idea, Nate McMillan should be fired regardless of how successful he is because it's a horrible idea. Uh, <laughs> sign that something's more deeply wrong with Nate, Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan runs in uh, a lot of things that shouldn't succeed, but yet they do. So that's that's it's always puzzling to me with Nate McMillan. So, so I think at this point, was that the 12th roster spot? I don't know. Is there three moves left? Uh, there's uh, there's Kyle Korver. There's Dragon Bender. There's uh, the two two-way deals. And there's my favorite move, which we have yet to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I think our favorite move is next. So the Bucks signed Thanasis Antetokounmpo. Uh, and uh, this is something where uh, people are the worst. And they continually tell us that we're overreacting to stupid moves that don't matter. And to you, I say the margins always matter. And that you're wrong. And that you should rethink about it. Because Thanasis isn't that great at basketball. I've, I think he's a little bit better than I initially thought he was on Twitter. I think he... Is, Maybe you can convince me of that argument. I, uh, I I think he's a solid wing defender. I think that if you're just putting him in there to do mini Andre Roberson things, that I said. he's a stronger Andre Roberson. Maybe like he's a very strong wing defender who's very large. Like he's a good six eight. I worry about and, his fundamentals and his feel. Like I don't, I'm not worried about his stu- yeah his athleticism. Yeah, it's great, but like. We know that that's not nearly as important as being able to actually understand the concepts of an of an NBA defense. So, Damian sure. Inglis, uh, hello. Damian Inglis nearly as athletic as. Uh, don't bring up Damian Inglis. We don't have time to discuss all the problems with Damian Inglis. <laughs> we will de- in the future. We will dedicate an entire pod to why I hate Damian Inglis. <laughs> uh, 
Damien Inglis, if you're listening to this, it's not really personal and it's not really your fault. It's Twitter's fault, as are most things. <laughs> Back to Thanasis and Tetacumbo. The problem with Thanasis and Tetacumbo is that he's Giannis's brother. And that if he got the spot out of merit, that we wouldn't have to worry about cutting him. Because who would care? Because you lose your spot by merit, just like you gained your spot by merit. Not the case here. And we're not going to sit here and rehash the entire thing, but obviously cutting Giannis's brother would be bad. I think he's probably the worst player on the team right now. The only reason it's even close is because they took a flyer on Dragon Bender, who's not good at NBA basketball right now, but it's still probably better than Thanasis, just to be clear. I think he put up better numbers before he came over than Thanasis did, but he wasn't playing many minutes before he came over, so I could be wrong. Uh, but his shooting splits were obviously much better. Um, just being able to shoot is it's obviously the most valuable skill. It's obviously not the only skill that matters. But the reason I it, the reason I warmed just slightly on the Thanasis move is that if he does develop into anything, he's one of the few guys in the league that's genuinely six eight and genuinely could physically match up with the larger wings in the league. That's it. If he turns into anything, that's what he'll you be. Know, you know, because it's so hard to find backups at that position, and that's why Chris is so valuable is because he's 6'8". You don't think there's other guys in the G League that have flamed out that are that athletic that are probably better or waiting like Thanasis? Like, I haven't looked at G League rosters, but... It, there's there's a few, but, I feel like but there's, there's not. No? Okay, well. Uh, Thanasis was second-team all-defense in the G League. When he was like four years younger than he is now, that's something you can like play it off, but it is it's something. Cute. It's cute. Mm, that's important. What's your grade? Before I talk. Oh, F. <laughs> okay, I, th- I thought you were talking yourself into a D here. Like that's I knew uh, no, you were it, in an F. It's incredibly okay. Risky. Um, you didn't even talk about like all of the other issues that like. Uh, Frank uh, Madden laid out really well in uh, Lockdown Bucks because he was obviously not a fan of the move, and he he kept his emotions in check, I think, pretty well on the podcast. Um, even though you could kind of hear it in the background a little bit, uh, but he's been getting this question for six years. What was that? He's been getting this question for six years. Yeah, like should the Bucks get uh, uh, an antenna Kumpo brother? So yeah. Um, should they draft Costas? Should they draft Alex? It, it won't end until Alex. Well, we can discuss should they draft Alex in two years when he's draft eligible. But until then. Yeah. Um, anyways, the Nassus. Uh, uh, yeah, G, G, the, the biggest part of his resume, because his time with the Knicks is so irrelevant, um, is... Uh, the notable parts of his resume, he's a, a truly terrible shooter, just otherworldly terrible. What is he, like 22%? Um, he's worse than Giannis <laughs> in, in, like... Oh, he's marked. He's worse significantly than worse than Giannis. His free throw percentage is so what, bad. He shoots below 50% from the free 50, throw line. This is, a, this is not a center. He might be a worse shooter than Shaq. He, uh, he's pretty confidently a worse shooter <laughs> than Shaq. Pretty, like... Like and and you know we're not even being melodramatic when we say that like it's the truth like um nice blanket um I appreciate that I, I, I like that blanket it's bringing some levity to this situation um 
but <laughs> uh, man, uh, there's so many issues but beyond him being just a horrible player. And I've actually never received the vitriol because I, I, I think I'm a pretty agreeable person on Twitter. I, uh, I'm like an asshole, but I'm also pretty agreeable. The vitriol comes with higher follower numbers. Yeah, and that's what I've heard. And I'm not, I'm not Mr. Popular. Uh, but I got some serious vitriol from a lot of like people I respected on Twitter um, for my Thanasis hate, and I would, I'm still flabbergasted by it. Um, I from people I really thought had sharp basketball minds who were, who were. <clears throat> It's hard to tell because I don't want to – just because they were playing devil's advocate doesn't mean that they're fans of the move. But it sure seemed like they at least thought it was a net positive because of the <sighs> helping Giannis stay with the Bucks argument. Um, basically, I talked about pros cons before with Chris Middleton, right? Um, what are you doing? <laughs> so distracting um with the camera just for our audio for our audio listeners he's messing with the camera i apologize um but if you lay out a list of pros cons with the nasas it's the cons heavily outweigh the pros and it's heavily outweigh them but i suppose the big pro theoretically that one pro outweighs all the cons right but i don't think that pro exists that's that's the question it, it could but is Giannis really wired that way to be dependent on playing with a brother uh if i think that's a red flag if that's the case that's wow that's bad folks that's bad in a business like this in an uh it's so problematic that's incredibly problematic i don't know if it's true and i don't know how he ended up on the bucks i i, I don't know if but it had to have been Giannis asking for a favor right it, that's not what john horse says uh, uh, uh yeah and and, and uh, i was about to make a political joke not going to do that um I, it's just, you know, he occupies a valuable roster spot. There are guys, there are guys fighting tooth and nail to get on an NBA roster, even on a two-way spot. There are guys fighting. Jeremy Lin. What? Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably the most heavily publicized and media covered, like. Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Who would you rather have on the box? Carmelo Anthony or Thanasis Antetokounmpo? Oh, man, that's like a, actually a hard question for some reason. <laughs> probably probably Thanasis? I don't know. I was going to tweet it, but I don't think people would find it nearly as offensive as and egregious as I would. No, but I think your like, smart Twitter, your smart basketball Twitter would like find it funny. You should tweet it out. Actually, that's pretty yeah. good content. We'll, we'll send that out after the pod. Yeah, you should, because I'm going to do post-pod uh, stupid tweets so you should use that as a promotional tool um marketing yay but anyways it's it's just it's just so such a problematic move uh it screams um uh nepotism uh which is a horrible thing uh, in business uh it 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 makes other players it it, it adds locker room issues it awkwardness as eric eric name pointed out 
in his great athletic piece about the biggest worries for each player. I, right? Did you read that piece? Not yet. Okay. It was like the last few days. Then he put awkwardness, and and it seems weird to put it that way, but I, I guess that's the easiest way to put it because it's so such a problematic move. But Thanasis, the just the how awkward that is for a player like let's say uh, Chris Middleton, second round pick. Had a pretty de- uh, devastating injury in college. Had to fight his way to get this max deal. How does that look to him? Uh, how does that look to lots of other guys? Like, the, th- this kind of nepotism doesn't really happen, at least on NBA rosters that we've seen before. Um, totally untrue. That's that's not true at really? all. Really? The, the Knicks signed Chris Smith. Oh, the J.R. Smith thing. He's J.R. Okay. And LeBron has gotten so many guys that he's friends it's, with roster spots. That's, well, that's cronyism, not nepotism. That's okay. Soron Dragic. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about Soron. Yeah, everybody forgets about Soron and Christmas. Yeah. You're right. Um, you're right. Uh, it's just, I guess, it's just it, never. It's not totally a stranger to the yeah, NBA. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I. I guess it's never happened on the scale of a also, superstar. I think the Warriors signed Steph Curry's brother-in-law. I can't remember who it is, is it though. Really? I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Yeah. How is that not as heavily publicized as Thanasis? It is. It, you mean it? But not your service. Huh. Okay. Also, he doesn't have the same last name, so it's less appealing. Ah. This is brother. Okay. That's interesting. I think he's tall. I don't. Okay. Remember. Yeah, that's, we can talk about. Well, that. you actually. I think it's... I think it's Damian Lee's his name. Damian Lee? No, I know who that is. That's his brother-in-law. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I'm gonna Google that while I talk. Uh, but yeah. just type in Steph Curry brother. Yeah. See what yeah, happens. I'll do that. Um, but I, I actually didn't know it was that common. Um, I mean, it's not that common. That's like four instances that we know of, at least. Uh. But I don't know. It, it's equally problematic, especially for somebody like Giannis, who I didn't think, who I thought was, a, I guess, a little bit more. It's. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bucks fans. It's a little immature uh, in that way. And, I mean, it'd be different if he was like – actually, it, it really wouldn't be different if he was better uh, as a player. It would make – it just – th- these are NBA roster spots, and they're valuable, and guys fight for them and, like, it's just it's a complete toppling of like a meritocracy and it's disrespectful to the integrity of the game <laughs> uh it's damian lee by the way and he got a two he got ah, a two-way was... deal by the way if the nasa's got a two-way deal i wouldn't be upset i would still be upset. i would be less upset because the big issue is that he got two remember how bad people were when bronson koenig was cut from his two-way deal let's not talk about bronson koenig <laughs> Let's not do that. But Bronson Koenig, if you're listening to this, you suck <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Yeah, especially if you attended Madison while he was there. From what I understand, uh, from my friends, uh, did you, didn't you attend Madison while he was there? Yes, yeah, you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we graduated the same year. Yeah, we did. There you go. That's where's your two way deal? Yeah, what the hell. Who are you friends with? Who are you related to in the NBA? Where's your deal? (laughs) Um, Anyways, man, it's just the two years fully guaranteed sucks, but it's well, it sucks, but yeah, it is what it is. It's done and over with. Um, 
it, it, it creates the situation of now you have this guy two years fully guaranteed that you have to that essentially guarantees he's going to be on the roster. If you do have, if you do have to cut him, it makes it tremendously more difficult on the on cap because he's fully guaranteed. It's more difficult, potentially more problematic for Giannis. Let's talk about the big pro that everybody focuses on. Uh, he has upside. What? Sorry, no. Uh, the, he's older than Giannis. He's not Giannis. He's younger yeah. brother. He's the big old. upside is that he helps maintain Giannis. Uh, and he could get somewhat better than he is now if he sure. understands an NBA defense and he fits in well. And Greek leagues are notoriously veteran heavy, and he wasn't a veteran there, yeah. so he can maybe get more minutes. But uh, let's just—it it is what it is. I know you need to give uh, me. Also, need... one thing that annoyed me about this is people said that minimums don't count against the cap. That that's wrong. Uh, people just like to say things on Twitter, and then because people hope that they're true, they get tons of likes and retweets. Not true. And when you tell somebody it's not true, they're like, "Well, you shouldn't care anyways." And it's like, <laughs> "Well, you shouldn't lie." People, people back in when when people are wrong, especially online, the way it is, they back into their corner instead of going, "Whoops." <laughs> because and it's so frustrating. So I'm going, whoops, my mistake. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna drag you down to my level and make you regret it. <laughs> yeah. So let's move yeah. on. And, Enough and about Thanasis. I just want to say for Thanasis, like this is nothing against you. I hear you're a great, like hard worker, great locker room guy. Like this is nothing against him, the player. This is against the system. This is, I guess, partially against Giannis. Like I'll just be straight up. <clears throat> Um, it's against the team, uh, but nothing, nothing. I have no problem with the Nassus at all. Uh, I have a problem with everything surrounding him being a Milwaukee buck. Yeah, it sucks. And it's it, like, I, it honestly sucks for him because there's like, it, it's not like we're watching a ton of Greek games, you know, like I watched like one full game. After when it was rumored he was going to get signed, so that I could get sort of an understanding of what his game looked like. Because for the most part, I think a lot of people look at the numbers and they say he's not an NBA player. I watched a game just to say to, to reinforce what I knew that he was not an NBA player. Um, and I think it's tough because there's a chance that like there's something hiding there that we don't see, that we don't pick up on. There's some sort of lurking number. I mean, uh, I scra- that is just scraping the bottom of the barrel, though. Like, when we're talking but, about but What shows. I'm saying is it's, it's not fair to him, oh, like, at all. Yeah. Like, if he had signed with the Bulls, you would say that the Bulls, like, if, because he's Giannis's brother, people will never think that he signed for his own basketball 100%. Talent. Like, as soon as the Lakers claimed Costas, everybody was like, they're trying to get Giannis. Yeah. And it's like... And, and that sucks, like... Uh, if you're like a for him individually absolutely that's why i <laughs> this is nothing against him individually uh at all so this is just how i realistically feel about the situation and i'm not apologetic yeah. about it at all so i'd also like to apologize to chris smith zoran Dragic, and damian Lee. <laughs> and i guess all the guys oh. that lebron signed even though or the LeBron helped get signed, even though like I don't think there's too many super egregious. But Mike, uh, James Jones is a GM now, so he's at least doing okay. And Mike Miller he... is Mike Miller. He at least had a good NBA career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So LeBron slightly better at nepotism than you and me. Cronyism. Uh, uh, crony. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's him. move on to one of the Bucks' funnest signings. They signed Kyle Korver to be their 14th man. 
uh, well, to fill their 14th slot on the roster. He can move up the list, but they signed him. Um, you know, this is tough because I don't know if signing Kyle Korver to the minimum is necessarily worth an A, but like, who else were they going to sign at that point that was going to contribute more? Like, and that's sort of the tough thing about these like sort of letter grades. were going after him. That tells you how valuable valuable he was. He is. They were competing with the best teams in the league to All sign of them. So yeah. So you know, I'm going to say a. You have to. Say I don't a. think we have to dive too deep into Kyle Korver. I don't think he's going to play. You know, a 30 minutes a game role, 25 minutes no. a game role. It might be like a 14 to 18 minutes a game role, but. He brings valuable floor spacing. He's one of the most consistent shooters in the league. If you don't know who Kyle Korver is, and you just under a rock, yeah. yeah, he's. I think he's fourth all time in three point makes behind Jason Terry, Steph Curry, and Reggie Miller. No, Ray Allen. No, no Reggie. It's Miller. Reggie. I think it's Reggie. I don't think it's Ray. I don't think Ray got that high, did he? I think he's top ten, but I don't think he got top five, did he? Here we go again. See, I like that we don't just bullshit, though. Like, we actually... Uh, I'm checking. Well, I think good podcasting would be not even trying to say the number and just saying he's really high. But here we are. Yeah, so whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. Um, but, like, the bottom line is, like Wes Matthews, he's one of the most consistent shooters in the league. He's one of the most prolific shooters in the league. His three-point attempt rate, his volume, it's all great. Like, there's nothing to knock about him in terms of shooting. His defense, I mean, he's 39, 38. Like, it's not great. But, like, the thing you have to remember is that we're not talking about him as a starter anymore. Defense matters significantly less for bench players because... You're not asking them to guard starters. You're asking Kyle Korver to guard, um, like, Quinn Cook or somebody off the bench, you know. Um, uh, TJ McConnell's gone, but I'm sure there's some bad backup guy. Like, maybe he has to guard Mike Scott for a few possessions. Is that really the end of the world? Are you talking playoffs now? Sorry, I kind of... Okay, yeah, yeah, because that's the only time that we should really talk about Kyle Korver because... He's not going to play much in the regular season. He doesn't need to play much in the regular season. He he's going to help win games. In yeah, the regular sure. Season. It'll be fun. He kicks he kicks ass. Like he's fun to watch. But will his will he be like actually because we need the shooting that like Wes Matthews and Kyle Korver theoretically provide? Will he be able to provide that shooting when we need it? Um, I I remain unsure of that i i hope so like obviously early playoff rounds not really as worried but uh philly i guess i'm not super worried about i guess it'll it'll be a finals thing Uh. like are we gonna have him guard tobias harris for 20 possessions no that would be stupid um we'll find a way to make it work Bud will. Yeah, Bud will. But like, Bud knows. Uh, if he's playing next to Giannis and Lopez on defense, is he going to be playing mainly and, two or three or both? Like, what? What? I would guess three. Because he can um, still play two though a little bit, right? Like, it depends who he's yeah. guarding because he's going to be out so much slower than most twos. He's slower than most threes, but like, it's by a lesser yeah. margin. Um, if he has to guard Ben Simmons for a few possessions. He's way slower than Ben Simmons. He's smaller than him too, but it's Ben Simmons. 
Giannis and Lopez are going to be sitting behind them and being like, yeah, you got by Kyle Korver. Now we're here. <laughs> Big effing deal. Do something like his about- offensive output will most of the time outweigh his defensive negatives. Like I'm fully, I totally am confident in yeah. that. I think, I think people like, they're like, well, you know, he's not a great two-way player at this point in his he's career. 30, and it's like 38. Yeah. Yeah, he's thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Of he's course, he's not a great two-way player. And six teams wanted him. Like that's a dumb. That's just a, a dumb thing to say. Like yeah. this is dumb. We're not signing him to be our starting small no. forward. Like it doesn't matter. Um, and I think people need to realize that when you talk about players, like the role they're being signed to matters. Like people were really against when I said that I wanted to sign Jeff Green because they're like Jeff Green sucks. He's never been any good, and it's like. Well, I watched him be pretty good for Cleveland in the playoffs. He was pretty good for Washington last year. I think he's year. better than advertised depth. I think you and I are sort of in the minority on that. And I don't. Yeah. And it's like I'm not. I'm not signing him to be. A, I'm not signing him to replace Chris Middleton and be a starting small forward. I'm signing him to be Chris Middleton's backup. Yeah. If he was good enough to start on the finals team two years ago, I think he can back up Chris Middleton. Yeah, I mean, isn't he kind of a problematic locker room guy? Isn't he kind of no. attitudey? No. Okay. Well, I've already maybe a while ago, but like he had a lot of problems where he thought. I mean, he was drafted high. People thought he was going to be something. Well, he he was a big athletic uh, rim rim running uh, wing, right? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah, Like that was what he was thought to be as this athletic machine. By the way, Ray Allen is first in attempts and makes. I I didn't know that (laughs) until. Is Reggie Miller not up there? Uh, I do not have Reggie Miller's numbers, but I'll look up those now too, and you can keep talking. Hey, why don't you just look up all-time leaders and threes made? Gosh, you're not even good uh, at basketball. I, I'm right. not that galaxy brain, okay? You know, I, I just pulled it up. Uh, Reggie Miller's second, and then it's then it's stuff. That, who's fourth? Kyle yeah. Korver. Who's fifth though? I bet you you don't know. Why did I? I bet you don't. Why did I? Jason Terry was up there. Well, well um, it is Jason fifth. Terry. He's fifth. See? That's wild. Who's sixth though? This is the fun. This it, is the fun one. Actually, six and seven are fun. The rest is like predictable. But it's not Clay. No, Clay's not top ten. Yeah. Yikes. Um, you had a long conversation on Twitter about this particular player who's still playing, who's really old, uh, about versus him versus Dwight Howard. So that basically tells you it's Vince Carter. Not Carmelo. No, it's Vince Carter. Oh yeah. That actually makes sense. And then, uh, who's seventh. You'll, you, this is going to be so hard. I don't think I'd never guess this. Not in a million years. Is it an active player? Uh, I think he's I think he's playing right now. Uh, he was playing last year. I, I and le- no, he's still playing. He has to be. He's a prolific uh playmaker. He's kind of a weird-looking dude, real skinny um uh, shooting guard. He's not really a playmaker, I should say. He's a chucker. He's the chucker. The chucker oh, and Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Jamal Crawford. He's seventh in okay. makes. That's wild. <laughs> The, uh, it's longevity and being around in the three-point era. Yeah, no, you're right. J- really, Reggie Miller is the guy that stands out on that list. Yeah, Jason Kidd is tenth. If that puts things in perspective, so yeah, yeah. So here we are. 
Um, Bucks have one roster spot left. Some people thought they were going to keep it open. There was really no reason they I would did. do that because they're not that close to the tax line. Mm-hmm. They could cut somebody if they signed them to a fully guaranteed deal anyways. Um, in theory, I guess it's valuable for trade flexibility, but you could. I think they were planning on doing that until they probably had a conversation with Dragon Bender, who was supposed to be going to Europe. I don't think they have. Okay. I do. <laughs> oh, so they signed him to a partial guarantee. It's 300,000. The guarantees sort of ramp up throughout the year where if he makes the opening night roster, he gets another 200K and that sort of goes on and on. Yeah, and I, have on a big thing. I have a big thing. Uh, okay. okay, so let's let's do this. Um, I don't know the best way to do this in terms of like a game with Dragonbender. This is a Dragonbender game. What is the chance he's on the roster uh, at the halfway point, not the all-star break? I'm going to even go before that at the halfway point of the season. It's 50-50. He either will be or he won't be. <laughs> well, no. Right. It's 50-50. But, like, we're, what is the game we can play? Because, because like, I think there's – I think it's, like, a 70% chance that he's not, like, on the roster at the halfway okay. point. But I'll bet you $2 he is still on the roster on game 42. Okay, audio listeners, we're uh, digitally handshaking because <laughs> it's a totally useless bet, but it's fun because it's Dragonbender. And people were abnormally excited about getting him, probably because of his draft prestige. But So this move, it's a C-plus. Um, it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice gamble. Sure. Uh, it doesn't hurt anything. No. See, it, when people say there's a good marginal the anything, the reason that Bender is a better move than Thanasis. He's four years younger, so that's yeah. great. Uh, he actually, so he actually has upside because he had, he was a good shooter two years ago. Thanasis had like had a chance to be signed by any NBA team and nobody took him and he's played for good Greek teams and not developed. Bender played for, I want to say it's the worst run organization in the NBA. Uh, I, I don't think I'd get much pushback there, honestly. Um, At this point, he, no. the Suns are really yeah. bad, and so there's a chance that he could turn into something a little bit better mm-hmm. once he's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where we're at. <laughs> is that is that it? Is uh, that it? You got a dragon? Yeah, just about that. Oh wait, I forgot the one important thing about Dragon Bender. He's not Giannis Antetokounmpo's brother, <laughs> so if you cut it, nobody's mad. Because he's bad. Hey, audio listeners, uh, Al is doing like uh, satirical face zooms on himself to emphasize his points. So, and it's pretty funny. So, I just want you guys to know that. <laughs> um, Dragon Bender. Uh, I mean, I I hate to be just uh, us agreeing with each other, but but yeah, same thing totally. Hey, we disagree. Earlier. What? We disagreed earlier. Yeah, Brooks, our disagreement. Because I'm just. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, I still love. You hate fun. What? I hate fun. <laughs> I hate Splash Mountain. I don't like mountains. I don't like splashing. Um, but no, I, I love him. Um, uh, but yeah, Dragon Bender, uh, low. Your classic low risk, high reward, young guy, bad organization. Why not? It's just like Christian Wood, except probably even better in terms of low risk. Uh, high reward because he there's less. I think it's less bad. You, you disagree? No, I actually think he has like a better path to playing NBA no, minutes no, no, because that's what I'm saying like 
the only way Christian Wood is good is if he has the ball in his hands constantly, yeah. which was never going to and, and not just that. Like, I think Dragon, yeah, like, exactly. Dragon has a better path to that. And Christian Wood has had more chances and failed. And Dragon's, I think, had less chances. And, and two years ago, I will, he was a good shooter. He was absolutely horrid last year, which is maybe a good sign of a dysfunctional organization. Could be a player, too. Um, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, like it's hard to be upset with the move. You know, I had somebody say, you know, like he does a lot of this. He, he's got a lot of the uh, similar body uh, movements as like DJ Wilson. And uh, but he can shoot the ball way better than DJ on uh, um, this guy. This particular uh, person was looking at like a high upside situation where he becomes somehow becomes a valuable contributor but that's i mean that's besides the point because i don't really think he's going to be on the roster but yeah it's uh yeah sure uh what did you say c plus c yeah, yeah c plus b minus b uh, whatever you could do way worse uh the fact it's a big man i was sort of puzzled by but like but it's it's not it, his position doesn't matter it's about hit hit his upside, the upside play, that's what it is with him. Like, obviously, you'd rather have another three or two to play around with in case Wes gets hurt, uh, just to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. But uh, I don't think there was really an opportunity because the market was pretty tight, as it typically is for guards and wings. Oh, yeah, third point guard is actually what I really wanted that to be. But the point guard market is was incredibly tight this offseason. So, um, yeah. There were names there, though. Who, who like, left? Devin Harris is available. Yeah, and, uh, I'll pass. Devin Harris was good last year. Was he actually good last year? Or is, are you sure it's not reputation proceeding? I mean, he's fine. He's a third point well, guard. he's still like, there, right? So we can always go get him if we need him? Is he still there? Like, you can say that, but, like, what if he's not No, there? you're right. No, no, and, no, you're right. Uh, I'm, not dismi- yeah. I'm not dismissing that. I'm not dismissing <laughs> like if, that point. If you can have him now, take him no, now. I'm not dismissing that point. I think the idea is you bring in uh, Dragon, this young player, to, to work with him in the offseason and take him to training camp and see what he can do. And like you said, what he, he's guaranteed another bunch of money if he even makes the opening day roster. Like, he was supposed to go over to Europe. So, who knows? Maybe Devin Harris is... The, um, Europe's not going anywhere. <laughs> You're right. It's not. Uh, who who else was available besides Harris? Lynn. Who? Jeremy oh yeah, Lynn. Lynn. He's uh. Okay, can you? This is off track, but whatever. Who cares? Jeremy Lynn. Wh- why is he? I feel like why is no team taking a flyer on him? How is he? How is his his power? His star power fall and so. He's far? just not that good of a defender he's not that great of a shooter he can do a little bit of stuff but post injury he hasn't been as good at getting to the rim he was like a six man of the year candidate was he not yeah then he had a big injury though i think it was a patellar tear he was good with the nets before he got injured that's what happens um but let's talk about the two ways quick just a sentence or Uh two because it's uh, the Bucks sort of shuffled through their two ways really quick. They did under Hammond, and they've continued to do so under Horst. Um, the guys they signed are great two-way guys. Fantastic, you know. I think. We didn't really talk about Summer League, but Summer League happened. It kind of sucked. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot about that. Sucks. It kind of sucks every year. For the Bucks, um, especially. But every year we watch it because we're dumb. Love basketball. Um, 
Love the Bucks. What was the guy they signed the, the, to the two-way from the Wolves? Cam Reynolds. Cam Reynolds? Because it's a and great then, signing, actually. Like, it's a really good two-way signing. It's He might be one of the best. You don't think so? It's... I was no. going to say, I, I don't know many better two-way deals, but I also don't know many two-way deals. <laughs> yeah. It, it, he's a guy. He can shoot. Um, he can defend. And he's yeah. a wing, what six foot seven? Six foot seven? Yeah. Thana- is he's pr- maybe probably better than Thanasis Satitakumpo. Actually, everybody yeah. is on the Bucks, including both two ways. But and then they signed Frank Mason. Which, um, necessity. Fr- so Frank Mason, Cam Reynolds, they're both good. They could contribute. Neither of them is like particularly great, where they're in danger of stealing a roster spot. Uh, Frank Madison could end up on the roster if the Bucks need a backup point I guard. There's a really um, Cam Reynolds. I, I I don't mean to interrupt you. I just think there's a really good ch- chance that Frank Mason, his uh, his uh, sixty days right, his sixty days of NBA time. I, ni- I thought it was forty five. I think you're right, forty five. I think there's a good chance they use that up pretty quickly and they make a decision on whether or not he's. The, why? Why would they use it? I just, quickly? I just highly, I just think it's a really small chance that George, but, like, they're going to be able to get by on George. I, I guess that's another conversation. How much you think that, uh, like, a Dante uh, can run uh, point? Uh, but uh, well, it's it's like, it's like carrying a third catcher in baseball. Most teams don't do it because they have a guy that can do it in an emergency to finish a game. But like they're not gonna have Frank Mason on the roster until Bledsoe or Hill is hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if he's active a lot because Hill will be banged up. Like I really, I just don't have a lot of faith in Hill to stay healthy. Period. So, so you're make you're gonna make somebody inactive besides Bender and and Tetakumbo so that you can have Mason active. They did it last year. I'm pretty sure they had a, a number of uh, back end rotate back end Bucks players uh, inactive while they had a two way guy active. It was really bizarre uh, when they had Colson active. I think they deactivated Wilson a couple of games or something. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that I, happened. No, but Brogdon was out that entire time. So they okay. so like that was okay. I, I, I just I think that there's a also Wood was never active, so I feel like yeah, I I think there's a good chance you you see Frank Mason's I I could be wrong like I don't even know how they how well they like you're saying they go through it quickly I don't think he appears in a game before November I mean depends on George Hill right. Yeah, if George Hill gets injured in the first I, game, he'll play I a just, lot. If George Hill, I think injured. you really need three point guards on a roster. So, and I think there's a reason for that. So, the Bucks didn't have three point guards though last year. Um, well, you can count Brogdon technically. He can. Well, they did when they signed Tim Frazier at the end, but like needed. Brogdon was their starting shooting guard, and he played hardly any point guard. Yeah, you're right. Um, they needed Tim at the end. I guess. I guess you're right. I guess I'm thinking too. You, I'm probably thinking a little too. Uh, you're you're like really valuing depth, which is helpful, yeah. but like we'll need it when we need it. But until we need it, we don't need yeah. it. Uh, it's like a fire extinguisher. Like, okay. would you notice if you didn't have one? Not until you have a fire. I'm trying to think of the. I think they've only um, they've only used up one player's uh, 
one two-way player since the two-way system was established what two seasons two years ago three years ago i think they've only used up one player's playing time and i don't even recall who it is but i remember taking note of it i think they did it for gary payton and joel ball and boy they did it for ball and boy man i'm pretty sure they that's did. good memory because then they signed him to an nba deal just to waive him so that they could keep his g league rights yeah. Remember Joel Ballenboy? Everybody was kind of excited yeah, about him. Like, former second round pick of the Utah Jazz, I believe. Yeah, I was excited about him. I, I got I, it's his. It was the athleticism thing, and I'm sorry. That's why I'm becoming more and more skeptical of straight up athleticism when people say it. It's because of guys like <clears throat> Joel Ballenboy, DJ Stevens. I don't even know who that is. Who's DJ Stevens? The Bucks signed him to a series of ten days after, and he could. He was. He probably had the highest vertical of anybody to play for the Bucks. <laughs> That's not true because Don Maker and Pat Connaughton and Dante, but still, yeah. he, he was up there. He could dunk it. And anyways, um, uh, they're let's, ultimately both moves. I'd I'd give. I think both are really smart two way deals. I'd give both like an A in the perspective. We can give them both. Yeah, an a. I just don't think they matter. So, because I think if somebody gets hurt, like you're cutting Dragon Bender anyways to sign a third point yeah, guard. Yeah, you have to because you can't cut. Fucking now, Manassas. now you don't have to cut Drake Bender. Yeah, you have to have you 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 will because you signed the Nassus to a two-year fully guaranteed deal. You will continuously have to have a Dragon Bender contract on your team, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it does it does severely limit your flexibility going forward on the margins, which matters despite what you think, or not you specifically, but just let's let's just tie it up yeah. <laughs> just as we can go on about the Nassus forever. Yeah. Oh, nobody cares at this overall, point. Overall, my uh, uh, my grade for their off season is I'd say like a B minus. So, eh. yeah, and I was just gonna go a straight B. It would have um, been an A for, if it wasn't for the <laughs> Like, so yeah, for me, I think they improved, and I didn't think they would improve. Um, I thought they'd be able to retain Brogdon. They didn't. It's not really the end of the world. Um, I'm not sure. I guess that they. I don't know. I don't know if they improved overall, but I think they're a better equipped playoff team. I don't know if that makes sense. I think their top ten got better, and we were playing a ten man rotation. So yeah, yeah, with Robin and Corver and Hill. Well, they already had Hill, but yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? I think we covered the off season pretty good. Um, we went pretty long, but that's like fine. we, we covered the offseason in one podcast and we haven't talked in three months yeah so. i think that's fine honestly like i was prepared to go as long as as long as we were having fun which i am right now so um <laughs> you're not are you tired i'm you're tired. tired you look yeah. tired um that's fine uh yeah no i don't really have anything else i would love to talk like um strategy uh and tactics as to what they're going to do with like the two guard their plans for the two guard how they're going to run things a little differently than that next season and we'll save that for next time yeah sounds good thank you everybody for listening thanks for coming by we'll be doing this uh more often you can be assured of that almost the time every week sometimes more than once a week and sometimes less than once a week that's it's a time and it will happen but we'll be here more. I can assure you of that. We'll, we'll come back a few times before the season starts, and then once the season starts, we might be able to hit once a week. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I was actually hoping we can run a poll on this, Al, but maybe we can see if 
uh, people are interested in us talking about non-Bucks NBA. I don't know. I think that would be fun, like NBA offseason. It's your call. We'll talk about it more after the end of this podcast. Anyways, thanks for joining us, everyone.